Hey guys, welcome back to Falling Pies episode 8 with Allie and Aaron. I am Aaron. And I'm Allie. And we are back in at it episode 8, even bigger. That's an even bigger number than episode 7, did you know and that, And I was Allie? really excited about episode 7, so episode 8, Oh my gosh, up. holy crap. And you know, honestly, even if it wasn't episode 8, even if it was just episode 7 or 6, it's still going to be a good episode. You know why, Allie? Why, Aaron? We got, we got big stuff to talk about today. You have big stuff to talk about. And Well, I, I'm assuming you're going to have big stuff to respond to about it because you don't know anything about it. Should oh. we continue to tease or should we just tell people? All right. Well, you tell people and then I need to say something. Well, we might have already told them in the title. I don't know what we're going to name it yet. All right. Well, spit it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if you listened to last week's podcast, you know that I did something that probably wasn't the best advised decision. Um. But I, I did a stand-up show last night, and it it happened. I have some footage here, and I'll play the audio for you, Allie. This is your first time. Let me explain something, guys. Um, I was supposed to go to this, and Aaron, Whoops. listen, he says that he's not upset or mad at me, but I know that he is, um, or else he was not would not have brought up this many times so I wasn't there. I had a big assignment or a paper due for my online class at midnight, and I was working on it from 3 o'clock until 11 o'clock, and I couldn't go. So I'm sorry, Aaron, that I wasn't there for you. And I, hopefully it won't happen again. I did not mean to let you down. <laughs> that's, that's very reassuring. Thank you very much. It, it was a... I also messed up because I told his sister, and then she yelled at me, and then called a bunch of people, and then... Oh, we'll get into that. We will get into that. I'm sorry. I was just telling her that I was upset I couldn't be there for you. And she's like, be there for him for what? Oh, and I was like, oh. You, have you heard anything about it? She told me a little. It, You're lucky I didn't get a hold of Mindy's number last night. Or else I would have been there on FaceTime. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you didn't because now you get the big reveal now. Well, we, I wish I could have been there last night. I'm still upset that I couldn't. It's okay, man. I mean, maybe I'll do it again. I'll... It's up for debate. I'm going to say that after this first time. You have to do it again. It's up for debate. All right. Well, let's let's talk about it. I, I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I don't want to listen back to this audio. Um, Are well, we listening to the, how long were you up there? Uh, Well, five minutes was Ooh. the, that's the standard set. What? What's in that cup? Nothing. It's empty. I drank it all. You, you don't, don't have, have it. Water? You no. I'm sick. You can't have any. You're even if literally you're, not sick. I am sick. You have no idea. You you have <laughs> no idea how sick I am. Gus never shares his drinks with me, but I always ask. I'm so. I literally am. I really am today, though. I feel like I have a constant sneeze that needs to happen. I told you I have massage your sinuses. I don't want that to happen. I don't know what that is, and I don't like it. I have this constant pressure over the right side of my face, and it goes down to my jaw. Is do that like normal? This. Do you like put my palm push, to my forehead? Push down really hard. On my forehead? Yes, on your sinuses. I don't think your sinuses are there, Allie. One of yours is up here. Okay, well, that kind of hurts a little bit, so I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. <laughs> Watch Tori be listening to this and go, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, let me set up the situation for you. Before I play the audio. Okay. First of all, I was a new level of nervous for this. I know you were. I was more nervous for this than I think I've ever been about anything before in my life. I called you. Do you remember our convo? Not in the slightest. I, I, I called you when you were at home and you said, 
are you, I said, are you nervous? And you go, uh, probably. I said, what? It's <laughs> like, I mean, it's yes or no. You feel nervous or you don't. And then you sent me this photo. <laughs> it's me just, just, you know, that emoji you look with so the straight distraught. line, the straight line. I'll face. put it on the Instagram guys. Don't worry. Oh, maybe not that one, but no, I want to put the screenshot of our argument too, of the literally this. Why? No. Why? Okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was pretty Dude, okay, so... Allie, stop. <laughs> you were so ill with me last night because you I were was, nervous. I was the most anxious I've been about anything for at least a very long time. I cannot remember the time, the last time I was this anxious about something. Irrationally, irresponsibly upset. Were you, like, shaken? No, I wasn't shaking. I don't do that, but I was, like, I was probably irritable. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, you weren't were even there. I mean, no, I, here's, I was here's, there in spirit. Here's the situation: I'm headed out to a comedy club that I have never been to before. They serve alcohol. They serve alcohol. It's I. I just know the name of the place: Crown Station Coffee House and Pub. Which the name in itself is a little ambiguous. Is it a coffee house or is it a pub? I'll go ahead and spoil it for you now. It was a pub. It was no coffee house. That was the most seedy place I've ever been to. You familiar with that term? No, what does that mean? Seedy. Kind of like, you know, you got seedy characters there. I don't know what that means. You're, you're always eyeing around you to be like, it was a bad part of town. Oh, but was it, was it fun? <sighs> what were their drink specials? I don't know. I didn't get anything to drink. Here I am like a few hours before the, before the show. And I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to say. I have jokes kind of written, but I, I don't have any sort of format or anything. I basically just shut down. Like I, I just stopped working on it. And I just was walking around the house just basically doing nothing. Just counting down the time till it was time to leave. So I finally get in the car, right? Did you drive or did your mama drop? I, well, here's what happened. That morning, I told my parents, I was like, hey, if you guys aren't doing anything tonight, I'm doing this comedy show. You guys should come. And they were like, okay, we'll come. And they had to get a babysitter for Sadie, the, the youngest of us. And um, so what ended up happening was my dad stayed with Sadie. And then my mom and her friend Ashley came. Mm -hmm. So I was going to the comedy club with my mom and her friend. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we're leaving, and at the last minute, like, Macy is getting home, because she was with you, but she was getting home, and she, like, jumped in the car, like, as we were pulling out of the driveway with them. So I'm leading us to this place I've never been. It's starting to get dark. I don't have a comedy set prepared. I have no idea what I'm walking into. I'm basically coming to record my friend Alex. I'm sure you guys, well, if you're familiar with this storyline, you know Alex. He was the original comedian. Hi, after Alex. Hi, Alex. I filmed a set for him. And so I saw him do it. And I was like, dude, I got to get into this. And so that's how I got started down this path. So anyways, originally I was just coming to film for him. So I got my camera stuff and everything. And so that's that's playing a factor in it because I don't want to do a good job for him, you know, make that filming good. But on top of that, I also have my own set to worry about. I'm going to a place I've never seen before, never been to. Hope I have the right address. It's getting dark. I'm leading a caravan of cars now. And I find out on the way there for sure that my best friend Dan. Do not call him that. My best friend Dan and his girlfriend Kylie are coming. 
Why did Dan come, Aaron? Because Macy texted him because you told Macy. I told her. She was like, you're not going to support Aaron. It's and fine. I said, I was like, Macy, we were work as a Macy. You see what I'm working on. I physically cannot leave right now and go watch Aaron. I was like, I wish I could, but I forgot about this. I am irresponsible. This was my fault. Like, yes, yeah. I double booked. I get it. Whatever. Aaron, you can call me unreliable now. It's fine. But I physically cannot go. Then Macy, Macy does the worst thing ever and goes, I'm texting Dan. I was like, Aaron's going to lose it. No, you're not texting Dan. What do you I, mean? I didn't want anybody. That's what I told her. I said, he doesn't want anyone to go. Because I I don't know what this is going to be like. Exactly. So I was like, Macy, he doesn't want anyone there. Like, please don't text Dan. Also, if I want to be there, if Dan's there, because I'm Well, still... Dan was there, and he stayed the whole time. Well, Dan, me and you have, a, have and, to have a word. And his girlfriend, Kylie. Well, Let me just tell you. So I now have a crew of five people rolling up with me. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. That's the right count. Yeah. So six, including me. And we're like the freaking Brady Bunch in that place, dude. We did not fit in at all. Mm-hmm. Very suburban, very white. <laughs> and there are other people white there. It's not that we were white, but you know what I mean? Like we were we were white, dude. Yeah, we're like the typical white. Oh, yeah. They, my, I'm here with my mom and her friend exactly. and my sister. And so... Not only we get there and I immediately am like, this place looks rough. I'll show you. Let me get out my phone. I took some photos because I, I knew I needed to to capture the, the ambience of the room. They had this little thing that's like a canopy. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a tube. I don't freaking see. It's hanging up. What is that, Allie? I'm trying to reach. You're so far away. Okay. Look at that picture and tell us what it is. It's like a cylinder hanging from the ceiling. It's a cylinder hanging it's cloth. from of cloth. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, those things that are like spring loaded. Well, like when you had those tents. I have no clue what that is. And like you put them around your feet and you Here let you go, go and they spring up over you. You know, it's, it's a big tube. That's basically what it is, but it has a big pair of lips on it and says, get closer I want to smell you. And I don't, I didn't like that. Yeah, I don't really like that either. And then they had these like Facebook posts that were printed out and cut out and then up on the wall with band-aids. That's what was holding them up was band-aids, which is cool. And then over here, they had some yarn that was up on the wall. That's pretty good. So it was odd. It was real, real odd. And so we get in there and... My buddy Alex is like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm about to be like 10 minutes late. I was like, okay, that's all right. And we get up there and he's like, yeah, we got to get a good spot because, you know, if you end up being late, then you have to watch all of the other comedians go before you go. There was about 22 comedians there that night. I ended up on spot number 18. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but if you do some quick mental math, five minute sets, 17, 18 sets. We were going to be there for a solid hour and a half at the very least, listening to comedians in one of the shadiest bars I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it was rough, Allie. Were you number 18? I was. It oh, was. Man. I don't know how much the listeners here 
knows about uh, amateur stand-up comedy, it is a vulgar, vulgar place. Not your mama was not a place to bring your mom and her friend. (laughs) Were they like? It was. It was bad. I mean, literally, like I didn't even understand some of the terrible things they were talking about on that stage. I mean. There was absolutely no barriers whatsoever to the jokes. And some of the, most of the jokes, I would say, were not even funny, just terrible things to say that should never be said. Were they, like, super politically incorrect? Extremely. Mm. There was, I mean, there was race jokes, racism jokes, sex jokes, abortion jokes. Uh, and then weird, there was this one weird political guy that just ranted about politics, but he, I had no idea what he was saying. I don't think anybody did. He basically just got up there, got the mic and started talking for five minutes and then just didn't stop until they told him to get off. And it was like, what was that? He was most definitely like, he was gone, dude. He was so high. I would say most of the people were. Okay. It, and so I can't imagine you in a little sketch bar. I it, I was in it, dude, surrounded and outnumbered. And multiple times the comedians pointed out my family and I. Allie, who are you texting? Let's do the <laughs> podcast now. You can text later. OK, I'm listening to you. OK, put your phone down. Then. I have to finish this text. You text too. No, I yeah, don't. You do. I don't. <gasps> yes, you do. Mm hmm. I'm trying to flirt with your friend. I'm leaving this in. No, you're not. (laughs) Try me. What the heck was I saying? Multiple times the comedians called out my little group of people over there. What were they saying? They were like, hey, ABC family crowd over here. You guys here for somebody specific or are you just here? And they're like, nope. And I was like, thank God, because I'm not getting called out right now. And then they were like, okay. You just don't look like our normal, uh, normal, normal group over there sitting on the bench. And so when a comedian didn't know what to do, we pretty much became the easy home run. Make fun of the people on the bench and you are set. After about an hour and a half of terribly horrible, vulgar jokes and then being, uh, I don't know, made fun of for an hour and a half, it got pretty brutal. I... The flip side of it, though, is that I lost all of my inhibitions while I was sitting there. I came in extremely nervous, and by the time it was my time to go, I was like, I don't give a care about anything or any what anyone says about me in this bar. I'm going to get up there, do my set, and call it a day. And that's where we are when this happens. I haven't watched this either. I lived it, but I have not watched it. How many people were there? Uh, it was small. It was a small bar, probably like 40 at the most. Okay. I'll tell you what, guys. About two hours ago, I was real nervous. But uh, this place has a way of uh, really knocking that out of you. <laughs> you see enough people bomb, and it's like, I think I could do this. <laughs> I am a junior in college this year. And this is my first time doing this. Yeah, yeah, I'm a communications major. Anybody in here communications? Communications tends to get a lot of crap for being a really easy major, but I'll tell you, we actually had some hard classes. We really do. 
So I was in sports broadcasting the other day, and we were learning how to say what's happening on a football field, vocally. And uh, the professor's going around the room, and he's asking people, like, hey, what's your favorite sport? You know. And so you get the normal, you get the football, basketball, baseball. And he goes, anybody like NASCAR? And this one girl in the front, she goes, yeah, man, I, I used to, but I just can't get into it anymore. Silence in the classroom. And here's the thing, guys. I immediately looked around the room to be like, does anybody else notice what just happened here? She not one openly admitted to be like a super big fan of NASCAR, but so much so that there was some rule change that now she can't get into it anymore. Do the cars still turn left? Because <laughs> I'm a bet they do. I love how you use the NASCAR joke. I used the NASCAR joke. I like that. I It took me a long time to get to the laugh, though. I need... If I ever do this again, I'm going to have to make that setup a lot shorter. No, but I like how you open, like you're very, you're very natural on stage. Psst, no, nah. really. No, how, wow. no, I liked, you weren't like awkward when you got up there. You were like normal, like. Hey, I was, I was guys? me, but yeah, on a were, stage. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that makes a little sense. nicer. Well, I, I'm nicer to most people than I am to you. Well, that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's just that's the truth of it. I mean, you to keep you in line, I gotta be a little bit more rough in around line, you. like I'm a toddler. A little, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna fight me on that? Just hit play. So, I, yeah, I'm a communications major, and that's the life of a communications major. You sit in class and people say dumb things. I tried out marketing for a little bit. Um, I was gonna do a minor, and then I found out I had to study. And so I dropped that very quickly. I think I'm a natural marketer, though. Okay, get this. Um, as a child, I didn't really quite get the point of pinatas, right? If I like SpongeBob so much, why in the world do I want to grab the nearest blunt object and bash him until the candy falls out of him? But there's an opportunity here, guys. And this is where the marketing comes in. No matter what side you're on, on the political debates, you put any political figure up on a pinata, that crap will sell. I don't care if you like him or if you hate him. A Trump pinata would sell like crazy. You have one product, you make two commercials, and you just put one on CNN and one on Fox. One pro-Trump and one anti-Trump. That's marketing. And, you know, that's pretty good, right? I mean, I, I'm really wasting my potential here but I'm not quite as good as the guy who made the gift card. This man is so smart. He literally said, you know that 20 bucks in your ever pocket? How about you, uh, you hand it to me? I'll give you a little rectangle. Your money is mine now, and you can only spend it here, which is a pretty good premise, right? And if you don't spend it in time, then he gets your money. And then he made it a good thing. Now you give it to your friends and you say, happy birthday, your money is mine. <laughs> Literally, that man's a genius. I'm not that smart, I've made a lot of dumb decisions. Pro probably doing this tonight, if I'm honest. <laughs> this is not a normal Wednesday for me. I don't know if you guys noticed that bench crew over there, but that was my crew and they have left. <laughs> That's comedy for you, bro. <laughs> An hour and a half in and they were gone, man. Shoot, I'm, that's literally all the jokes I had. How much time I got?
Minute 20. Minute 20. My goodness. Let's see what we got here. Well, that's all I got. <laughs> I had more jokes. I just blanked, bro. That's. I think you did really good for your first run. Minute 20 I had left. I, I liked it. I, I tell another joke here. I, got, oh, oh, I pull oh. it back. Okay, well. I still got one more. It's a pretty good one, too. I don't know. I don't know. But... Oh, my gosh. We got the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so check this out. This is my first time doing this, right? Hard to tell. And the problem is, I'm never in the mood to write jokes and make jokes at the same time, right? So like, sometimes you're in the mood, you're feeling pretty funny, but that's not really why I'm in the mood to sit down and write things down. So I had the idea of doing voice memos. But the problem is there's no humble way in a conversation to take out your phone and start recording yourself. Because your friend goes, hey man, what you up to? And you go, Oh, I'm recording myself. I'm being really funny right now. <laughs> this is this is some good stuff. You might not get it. It's probably a little bit over your head, but it's really funny. So I'm gonna use this in my stand-up later, and that's how it goes. I mean, so I, I've resorted to writing it down, which is slightly better because I'll say a joke to my friends, and then I'll go, "That was pretty funny," and then I take out my phone and write it down real quick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all I got. We got the light? Okay. <laughs> that was good. That was it. Okay, but I had the voice memo idea, not you. Well, yeah, I mean, you told me the idea, but I had already thought of it, and I just let you, pre I, I pretended for you that it was a good idea when you told me. Well, whatever, bud. It was a good idea. I just happened to have it fit first. But I know you don't like having to do voice memos anyways. That's true. I, no, I actually didn't end up doing it because like I said in the bit, it sounds a little pretentious. Mm -hmm, it does. To record yourself and tell your, your friend, I'm being pretty funny right now. Well, how do you think that it went? Uh, looking back at it, I think it took me a long time to get to the punchlines. But when they did come, people did laugh. But some comedian, like some, I love the jokes that are really long, like a huge story, the punchlines at the very end and you're just like, they're painting this picture. Of this that's scene true. the whole time. Maybe that's more of my style. But to me, I was sitting there with Alex, and he at one point, like he asked me, he was like, "Are you excited for tonight?" I was like, "I'd much, I'd much rather be recording a podcast." I can tell you that. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you could take that as a nice compliment. No, I'm taking if it like. as one. Yep. It's just this one. This feels so much more comfortable to me. I mean. I will say I did enjoy when I was up there and making people laugh because that's mm -hmm. one of the things I enjoy most. Right. But, but the thing is, is like you, we weren't comfortable the first episode we did of this. Right. So you're going to grow and get more comfortable. I, I think maybe that's just not the right platform for me, though. Okay. Well, you gave it a shot, though. I so gave I'm it a shot. I'm really proud of you for giving it a shot. And I don't think you bombed. I actually think you did pretty good. Somewhat decent. I would yeah. say I did decent. I would say you did great for your first time and then good just in general. Good in general. Yeah. I mean, it probably would have been better if I would have like finished it and had enough jokes to make it to the five minute mark. <laughs> but I think that added to the humor. Yeah, maybe. The bench thing got the biggest laugh because my here's what happened. They didn't actually leave mm -hmm. um, before my set, but they were worried about we'd been called out so many times, right? That when I got done with my set, then I'm just going to take... And we were sitting at the front. 
my me and my posse of six people, including me, and then plus Alex would be seven people just getting up and leaving, right? And then they'd be like, oh, yeah, that was your crew. So what they decided to do, I think my mom was worried like they were going to get beat up or something. <laughs> Multiple times they talked about Macy, my sister, and then my mom both talked about they didn't want to go to the bathroom. They, they just felt very out of place out of place and that and that's what the stand-ups kept telling them it was like you guys look very out of place here and they thought somebody was going to beat them up so the idea was that they got up and moved to the back a couple of comedians before my set that way it wasn't as obvious when they left when i was leaving i don't i don't completely understand but they wanted to be very safe and then get this we get back in the car right mm-hmm and uh, my my car is on below E. Oh no, Aaron! <laughs> below E, Allie. I and that's when it, it hit me. I forgot I needed to get gas. <laughs> the whole ride over, not once did I look at my gas. I was so worried about getting there, and then I was calling. I was on the phone with Tori trying to figure out what jokes I was going to say and in what order. I was so stressed out. I didn't realize that I'd rented my car below E. So now here we are in this shady part of town <laughs> around 11 o'clock at night and we got to get gas. And I probably wouldn't have worried. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking my mom and my sister back. And they were both like, ooh, ooh, we're going to get beat up. We're going to get killed. So then we found the nearest gas station. And then they were like, just, just put a little bit in the car. You can get more gas later. Just put a little bit. I'm not getting killed tonight. So that's how it went. It was That's awesome. Most of the comedians were I think it would be fair to say most of them are recreational drug users. Okay. Who are generally depressed. And and then checks out. And then their comedy was just oof, real messed up stuff. Did you like was, it? Did you like any of them? No. Okay. They I, And literally, like, I'm not saying that to be mean. It was just not my... Wasn't your comedy. It wasn't my style. It they was, were taking the easy jokes, the vulgar and the... You know, and that's not to say some of them weren't good, but the vast majority were just, let me just say this crazy weird thing. And then, and that's, you know, that's the easy stuff you can get all night long. You know what I mean? So, and without exaggerating... I can with 100% confidence say I was the only comedian who said I would be comfortable sharing on this podcast. Like every single other person's set. Mm -hmm. If they had good clean parts, it was followed up by just garbage. I mean, not terrible jokes. Like the jokes themselves weren't bad, but the subject matter was just, yeah. oh, it was rough. Oh, no. You know how we did, like, the wonderful world of TikTok? Yeah. That was, like, the wasteland of stand-up comedy. It really was. It was, like, and we left feeling, like, my gosh, these people are are hurting. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and so all in all, it was probably more upsetting than funny all night long. So, I don't know. It kind of, it had an interesting dynamic, and maybe we can talk about it on a different podcast the yeah. more I kind of break it down. But it, it, I think it left us feeling pretty heavy. Because it was that dark? Like they were just... It was dark, but it wasn't like 
we were heavy because we were offended mm-hmm. by how dark and stuff it was. It was more just a... Those people got it rough. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is where they go to feel accepted. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you could tell this is the only acceptance they get is up here on this stage. So they'll do whatever it takes to get that acceptance. You know what I mean? If well, it that's means, interesting. If it means bashing the people sitting on the bench not doing anything because they're different, they'll do it. And I have no hard feelings for him about it because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't offended by it. Yeah. It was just, you know, easy way out. And I I can't say that if I was in a similar position, I would do anything different. You know what I mean? Like, right. It was, it was the wasteland of stand-up comedy. And the show I went to before was a comedy club. Mm-hmm. So it was a little more refined. Right. Um, still rough. But it was definitely more refined this was literally i walked in off the street put my name on the list and then they gave me the mic oh man so anybody and everybody legit you could go up there and say whatever you wanted exactly and that's what a lot of people did and it literally like i was so nervous about going into this because like my comedian inspirations are like larry david and jerry seinfeld Mm mm-hmm and so I'm going into it comparing myself to Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. What I didn't realize is I was going to be competing against your friendly drug dealer off the side of the street. Literally, not even joking. They, multiple people made jokes about selling drugs. And not like, oh, he's joking about it. But like, oh, no, this guy sells drugs. Mm-hmm. One comedian gets up there and goes, who just got out of prison? And like a half of the freaking bar goes, woo! <laughs> I lost it at that one. They didn't laugh. It wasn't a joke. It was just a, who's with me? Like in the same way I said, anybody a communications major? Crickets. Who just got out of prison? Woo! (laughs) Are there any people still in their offices? No. I hope so. (laughs) That is so good. It was. But they're like, who's this little loser? Yep. College boy communications, Ellen DeGeneres, Ryan Seacrest wannabe. Yep. That's up on stage right now. Yeah, they called. I mean, and to be fair. Um, I think you did a great job. Both? And I think that your comedy didn't have to take like a low blow to anyone. Yeah. Or... I legit wasn't even going to tell the pinata joke because I thought that one was a little too edgy. Then when I hear him making incest jokes up there, I'm like, <gasps> okay, I could do a pinata joke. Oh, man. And so after I got done, um, both the owners of the club came up and they, they told me I did a good job, which I thought was nice. And then my mom in the back, she heard one of the ladies who was one of the comedians. She was like, if he does this four times a week for 10 years, he'll get somewhere. Four times a week for <laughs> 10 years. That's a big commitment, that's bud. A, that's a big commitment. But I, the people who were still there, the comedians and stuff, they were very encouraging. So that was that's really awesome. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt more accepted than I would have thought I would have. You know, I mean, because I obviously stood out. But it was a very, when they weren't on stage, they were very encouraging. So that was cool. You know, I was worried that like they were going to be very uh, cynical of, mm-hmm. you know, this newbie showing up on their turf. <laughs> you know, I mean, he can't, he can't write my, a joke for in crap. In my coffee house slash pub. In my coffee house slash pub next to the Sherwin-Williams that's very, very well lit to make sure that it doesn't get robbed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where were you at in Charlotte? It was Noda, okay. but it wasn't 
where you think of Noda. It wasn't like the arts, uh, the very artsy downtown mm-hmm. Noda. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of in the hood. But okay. I mean, and that's coming from me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So it. No, don't don't discredit yeah. me. Don't no 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 no. Boys in the hood. Aaron knows all about them. No, it. I'm not as bad as my mom and my sister. They were like, we are going to be killed. Just get a little bit of gas. (laughs) Just get a little bit of gas. And maybe I'm more naive. Macy, Mindy, if y'all are listening to this, I love you. And that's such a good... (laughs) Just get a little bit of gas. I'm over there and my thing just reached $10. Yeah, the gas tank. And they're like knocking on the windows. (laughs) Like, dude, what are you doing? Let's go. I can see Macy going, oh no. With her smile that she does. She she goes. She was. But listen, I... you have a good sister, though. You have a good sister. Well, thank you. I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> but she was. I appreciate that. First validation. of all, she was on me like white on rice for not coming to your thing last night, and she was like, "Well, I've got to get to review session to get home to support Aaron." And I was like, "And you do that, girl." And she ended up, like I said, she invited my best friend Dan and his girlfriend mm-hmm. Kylie. And f- my first reaction to that was, "Why in the world?" Would you do that? Mm-hmm. And I, I understand. She just wanted somebody to be there for me. You know what I mean? And so she meant it in the absolute best of ways. And it was. Are you glad Dan came? Yeah, I, I'm. Processing it, it's more. You know, like we said in the first episode, it's that, or maybe it was the second, but it was like my. I have to be. Good. At something to be accepted right mm-hmm. and so it really meant a lot for them to all show up to that mm-hmm. and then stick through an hour and a half of it because they could have left you know yeah. what i mean they didn't know how long it was going to be but they stuck through stuck through it to hear me and i wasn't even like i'm not good at it it's my first time you know what i mean it didn't yeah. matter how good i did they were there for me regardless and that that hit me, man. Well, I'm sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> no, it ended up being a good thing. I just, I felt afterwards like I needed to apologize for everybody, to everybody for the experience that they had to go through for that. But don't they have a fun story? That's the way I like to think of it. I just. I love being put in odd situations because you always get, you get a good story. Life is so boring if you're not in, ever in situations like that. That's true. And like I said, I mean, I wouldn't be doing anything else more cool on Wednesday night. That was that was the stuff right there. Well, I'm glad you had fun. Um, Macy sent me a picture. What do you mean? Macy sent me a picture. I'll show it to you. Of me at the stand up. Um, yeah. Of you and Dan actually. What? Yeah. We didn't take a picture together. Well, yeah, you did. Well, not knowingly. Oh, what the heck? Oh no, she put it on she didn't send it to me, she put it on her Instagram. Oh, of me on the stool? Yeah. That wasn't Dan, that was Alex. Oh, oops, sorry, Dan. And Alex. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, man. Yeah. She didn't send it to me. She posted it. I lied about that one. Alex is getting in, like I said earlier, he's getting into podcasting now. We, well, we inspired each other. Isn't that nice? Who was drinking Blue Moon at your table? Not me. I'm 20. I know you're 20, and I know you don't drink. Just wondering. That's darn right. Police officers ain't got nothing on me. Oh my gosh, they do not care. They ain't got nothing on me. I'm 20 years old. Let's tell you it again, Allie. And you don't drink. And I don't drink. You can't arrest me for nothing. 
for that's the only thing you can get arrested for. <laughs> the only possible well, thing you can get you arrested for. You can't get for. me arrested for any kind of drinking underage. How about that? How about that? How, how about that? That's um. All right. So is that the well, so is it going to be a long episode or how are we going to do it? We're going to have to do a long episode because I have to go. I have to go get ready for work. Okay. So, so then we'll talk about fears. Yeah. And we're going to have to find a way to transition it, but we can figure that one out. Okay. My ears. <laughs> transition. Transition. I think that's about as smooth as we can make it. Um. So this is our transition. Uh, and look, I'm just going to be real with you. I'm back. Allie is not back. So apparently there was some waitressing emergency. We went on break is basically what happened. We have spring break, and so we recorded the episodes a week ahead. Um, and I was supposed to, Allie and I were going to meet up over break, but then waitressing called. Like one of the waitresses uh, got pregnant or did get... Labor, Aaron. Went into labor. Which is an excellent transition. <laughs> For who we brought in today, our secret sauce. It's Tori, Aaron's fiance. My fiance, Tori. If you haven't listened, Tori, you were on the second episode. Yes. Aaron's proposal story. And do the fan request. We have don't don't shake your head. No, you don't get the fan that's, letters. That's not why I'm here. I'm a last minute filling. No, no, no. Fan request is the way I would like to put it. Okay. So the show the show must go on. And even without Allie, we don't need her. That's showbiz, baby. That's showbiz, <laughs> baby. So we're we're gonna be talking about fears and stuff. We're recording this in uh the home studio, which is my living room. We have we have all the dogs here that we mentioned last week. We have Lucy, we got Gus, and we got Orange Dog. Um and Orange Dog will not leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to keep playing fetch. This is his prime time. He loves to play at night. That's true. From the hours of, and to him, he thinks it's nine because yeah. we just had daylight savings. Right. So no, he thinks we sprung forward. So he so, thinks it's seven? Yeah. Well, I have no idea then. He, his prime time is nighttime. He comes and hangs out with me every single night. Like, hey, dude, what are you up to? Let's play. I'm bored. Because that's, you know, once people start going to sleep, there's less people to hang out with. So he gets a real attention needy. He's a real nice guy, but it's kind of an attention hog. <laughs> but Orange Dog is not what we're here to talk about. Uh, Allie and I decided we were going to talk about fears because it kind of went with uh, the amount of fear that I was facing going up for that stand-up comedy show. So we will carry on. And Tori, you're going to open up to the people. Yeah. So childhood fears, more specifically, is what we'll be discussing. And we can, yeah, we'll branch into it. But yeah. A lot of those have carried on into my adolescent life. I haven't gotten over them. So Well, that's good. <laughs> this is a good way to work them out, get through them. So. You want me to open up a you, I mean, if you have a light one to start, that would be great. I mean, I got a few I'm already thinking of, but if you want to start. Yeah, so probably the one that people are like, what the heck, Tori? I am very afraid of frogs. Not if they're just like sitting there, but like if they're hopping around or jump jumping or anything like that. You say you are afraid of frogs. Yes, it's current. 
it started when I was a child, though. Um, basically, my sister, super animal loving, and my grandmother, they had their little thing. There were these two frogs that hung out on our back porch every night when we were little. And one night, they decided that they wanted to play with the frogs. So they opened up, like, the back sliding glass door, which the frogs were stuck to, and they started to touch them. And I'm inside, like, freaking out because I just know that this frog is going to jump. And they convinced me that the frog's not going anywhere. It's been sitting there for a few minutes. They're petting it. It's not moving. So I'm like, okay, I'll touch the frog. So I go to touch the frog. And do you know what it does, Aaron? It, it probably jumps on you. It jumps on me. And it doesn't just jump on me. It sticks to me and starts to <laughs> crawl on me. And I run into the house, like, screaming. I finally got the frog off me. But now the frog is in the house. So <laughs> I'm. Just, we have a video of this. I'm thinking about the video right now. I am screaming, jumping up on the counter in our kitchen, terrified. And my mom, all she can do is laugh. And I'm well, yeah, it's, screaming it's and crying. And Mia, my sister, is think she thinks it's so funny. My grandmother thinks it's funny. And I'm just freaking out. And it took them forever to get the frog out of the house. So to this day, I am afraid of frogs and that they're going to jump on me. I don't mind them if they're minding their own business. And I'm minding my own business. But you if, realize that's irrational. If the frog jumps, I'm out. I can't. But the frog's not going to actually do anything to you i understand that it can't hurt me but like that's some childhood trauma i can't get over when the frog jumped on me so it's just kind of a, it's a knee-jerk kind of a thing yeah you aren't scared of frogs you're just like i'm not afraid squeamish to, around not, them i guess so. i'm not afraid to be around them like i mean i'm not gonna willingly walk into a room of like a thousand frogs but like <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, if, I mean, if it's I not end, super applicable, but okay. If I end up there, I mean, it happens, but... As if long you as, end up, yeah, right, okay. <laughs> as long as they don't jump on me, I'll be fine. I mean, I guess I get it. Like, I'm the same way with most insects. Like, I don't really want to touch insects at all. Now, I mean, I'm okay with ladybugs and roly-polies. Ew, I hate roly-polies. I loved Rolly Polies as a kid. And I think it's from that Disney show, Rolly Poly Oli. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, Macy, my sister and I, we would, we would make little, little farms of bugs, but literally just consist of Rolly Polies and ladybugs. I didn't touch anything else. I remember specifically in elementary school, kids playing with daddy long legs. And those were the freakiest insects of all to me. Just a teeny tiny little body with massive legs. Well, they're not insects. They're arachnids. So. Okay, sorry. They're, they're bugs. They're spiders. Are they bugs? If you want to call a spider a bug, I guess then so. Then yes, it's a bug. And I was scared of all bugs except for ladybugs and, oh, fireflies also. Fireflies are cool, dude. Or I, lightning bugs. They're the same thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you feel. I wasn't, I mean... I don't remember being scared of things like that. I mean, I more had fears of like not fitting in and fears of like, I had the, okay, so I had this one. 
the and this probably still continues until today is my fear of pills and like <laughs> just medicine and drugs in general. I think this one's a little ridiculous, but it it's rooted though. So, I mean, and I feel like it stems from multiple things, but as a kid, I remember thinking that how was it? I remember as a kid being told the story about Elvis Presley. You know how Elvis died. Yep, he died on the toilet. On the toilet. But you but you know, that I wasn't scared of toilets. Right. Except I saw an episode of NCIS. Okay. You remember that show? Yeah. And they were I guess one of their people died on the toilet. Oh. Like they were blown up or something. That sucks. And like one of the the investigators made the joke like Oh, did he have a case of explosive diarrhea or something like that? <laughs> and for years, I thought that was a thing. <laughs> I, I literally thought that like if you ate something bad or something or something happened, you could explode. And while, die. And die. Wow. And okay. so that was something I haven't really worked. I mean, I never, I don't think I ever told anybody that because like it was just something I was secretly afraid of until the moment I realized it was a joke. Years later, but I, I specifically remember that. Anyways, back to Elvis. He didn't just die on the toilet. He died because he took drugs. Drugs. You know what's drugs? Medicine. Yeah. And so when, the way I heard it as a kid is Elvis took medicine that he didn't need. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that makes sense, right? If you take medicine when you do need it, it helps you. If you take it when you don't need it, it kills you. Okay, so I was always deathly afraid that I would have a cold or think I have a cold. Tell my mom, hey, I have a cold. She takes me to the doctor. They get me medicine. Then they give me the medicine. Come to find out I don't have a cold. And then the medicine kills me. That's what I thought was going to happen. So for years, my parents had to like force me to take medicine. Like, it was bad, Tori. Like, I've heard the stories. Your mom tells me like, that, like, the, they held you down, and then after they got you to take the medicine, you would throw it back up. I wouldn't throw it back up. I would spit it up. It wasn't like after it after it went down, it went down, but, like... Oh, you so you just hold it in your mouth and then spit it out? Right. And I didn't... And part of it was, like, I guess that that's the only logical thing that makes sense. I just remember... Most of the time, it was just, I didn't want to. It was just, no, I don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't. It was more of an, I can't do that. I would take pills, and I hated the idea of pills. I would hold them in my mouth until they had completely dissolved. Ew, that's so gross. It tasted horrible. Yeah, I have trouble taking pills, so that happens by accident sometimes, but I hate it. I, it was awful. It would, like, be taking a pill... Something which now I can do pretty well. I can do it without water. <laughs> wow, fancy yeah. over here. Um, but it I remember specifically one time, it took me over half an hour of the pill being in my mouth until it was done because then it was in my mouth but dissolved and I didn't want to swallow it. That's so gross. It was terrible. It would have been easier to just put it in like applesauce or something and then eat the applesauce. Yeah. Um, and I know my parents are going to feel terrible about that, but I, it was just, I don't know, man. I, I, I was messed up. And 
I think the bigger thing was that I didn't want to tell anybody my fears. Yeah. You, you've told me some, and it's like, yeah, I never told anybody about that back then. I'm like, what the heck? You should definitely tell people. Partially, I just didn't think it was worth talking about. I just thought everybody had these fears. Well, okay, so you dealt with that as a kid, but you still don't like to take medicine, even if you need it. See, and now, and maybe this isn't related to that as a kid. I mean, it's got to partially be, right? I'm sure it is because you're so reluctant to take medicine now. You, when you had that mystery virus. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. We never knew what it was. And you were like sick as a dog. It still For like took, two weeks. That yeah, was rough. It still took a little while to get you to take medicine. Yeah. I mean, for me now, it's more like I just don't want to be dependent on anything. Yeah. I think now that's one of my biggest fears is being. Losing control. Yeah. I guess, and so I think like if I become dependent on Advil, when I, every time I get a headache, what, I, what am I going to do if I don't have Advil? Or like, why am I just going to keep giving this company money because I keep getting headaches? You know what I mean? And like, then what if I get headaches anytime I don't have Advil? That's called addiction. And I understand that's not what's going to happen. But if I have to error on one way or the other... I'm just going to not have any medicine. Okay. I mean, you can do that. I take medicine because I like to feel better. Well. Maybe that's part of our instant gratification society. I like to instantly feel better. And it's not instant. It takes at least 30 minutes. And then that's my other thing with medicine is like (laughs) it takes a while. 30 minutes. And how do I know I wasn't going to start feeling better in half an hour anyways? I guess you don't. Because sometimes it's like, yeah, I really wish I took medicine. And I don't. And in half an hour, I'm feeling better anyways. Okay. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to keep taking medicine. I mean, you can. I'm not advocating. Here's here's the rule. If you're not going to take medicine, you can't complain about not feeling well. That's my problem. Yeah, because you complain about it all the time when you don't feel good. But then I'm like, okay, so take this. And you're like, no, I don't want to. You get sick every time the weather changes. I'm like, okay, so take some allergy pills, one every morning. They're teeny tiny. They're the smallest things ever. My My sister does it. My brother does it. I just don't want to be a person who has to take... I think that's more of me just being in denial that I have allergies. Then you won't feel bad. You feel so bad for all the... You trust in the power of chicken noodle soup more than medicine. Far is, more. But chicken noodle soup doesn't do it. It just chicken noodle soup. Oh man, you get yourself some Progresso chicken noodle soup. Yeah, that will that'll take it out. You gotta do it while it's still hot though. It doesn't take it out. It just momentarily makes you feel better. No, it soothes my throat, Tori. The chicken's good for you. The broth is good for you. It's all warm. I get it when it's still hot, right? You know, obviously, I just heat it up in the microwave, but right. I eat it when it's still hot. And like, like I remember specifically this winter, multiple times eating chicken noodle soup and like having to take off layers of clothing. <laughs> I'm just like freaking sweating. And it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it hurts so, so bad. But it hurts so good. <laughs> it hurts so good. Dude, honestly, though. If I have to pick medicine or chicken noodle, I'm going to pick chicken noodle every time. Yeah, I know. I'm going to give our kids medicine, though. And I'm not against that. I'm not saying that I, I'm 
along with the anti-vax I was movement. Saying, Aaron, are you an no, anti-vaxxer? You know, it, you know, I'm not taking it that far. I'm not saying anybody else needs to do what I do. I'm just saying if I have to error on one way or the other. Okay, pause. It's not error. It's air. Air on the side of caution. Air. That doesn't make any sense. That's the saying. It's not spelt A-I-R. I'm, I don't know how it's spelt, but it's You think not, it's spelled E-R-R? I think it's E-H-R, actually. Air. On e- the side of caution. It's R. It's E-R-R, but it's pronounced air on the side of caution. I was closer to the correct spelling than you were. Well, most of my life I've said air on the side of caution, but now that I'm podcasting, I thought I should say the whole word. It's not like a whole word or not. It's That's its own word, air. Air on the side of caution. And I've told you about this before because I've listened to your podcast every week and I hear you say air on the side of caution. I'm like, no, that's not how you say it. I'm sorry that I'm not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Is that better? There you go. Okay. As long as you take my critiques and apply them. Okay. Okay. Lucy is losing her mind over there. I think she wants out. Go let her out. I'm going to go let her out. And then when I get back. We're- Pause. Okay. So do you want me to do like a serious fear that I had slash have? Yours was kind of heavy. Or it's do not- like a more light, airy Ooh, one. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself when you do stuff like that. <laughs> You're like, ooh, I made a funny voice. <laughs> you can do either one. I mean, we don't have a, a super ton of time because we, we did most of it with the comedy show. but Right. Well, here's an easy one. It's similar to my fear of frogs. I have a fear of geese. Like, <laughs> Okay, okay. Is this just going to be the frog story again? Well, n- okay. So, like, I had a very animal-loving family, okay? <laughs> And I love animals, but not when they attack me. So when we were younger, we used to go to the park and feed the geese our old bread and stuff. Like if we didn't use it all in time. Right. So we'd go feed them the old bread. The moldy bread. It's not moldy. It's just a little mushy. Okay. We like our bread firm. Anyway. And so we would go feed them. And me, I like to just tear them and throw them. But they start coming closer. And my sister, being the animal lover that she is, will feed them out of her hands. And she was like, come on, Tori, do it, do it, do it. Okay, so your sister was getting closer to the animals than you were. Yes. You did the exact same thing. The animal got up and the animal bit you and chased you. It bit me. And then, you know, I have the bread in my hands, but it bit me. So I'm recoiling the other direction, running, you know, whatever. And you dropped the bread, right? I didn't drop drop the bread and then the goose would chase me so that ruined me trying to feed the geese and made me afraid of them and then when I was a little older like a teenager um I was playing with my younger brother who's 10 years younger than me at the park and he wanted to play hide and seek so we were playing hide and seek I hid in a goose's nest I had no idea (laughs) why there's a goose's nest where they laid their eggs and it was at- you hid in a goose nest and you didn't notice it? I was in pine straw by like trees and stuff. I didn't see it. So I was hiding there and all of a sudden I see a freaking goose running full speed at me. 
So I take off. It's flapping its wing and stuff. Yeah. Starts flapping its wings and honking and hissing at me. I'm screaming. My little brother is screaming because he's 10 years younger than me. And we're just running for our lives from this freaking goose. I hate geese. But you know what? All these irrational fears that I have, you know what I'm not afraid of? The coronavirus. That's funny. That's funny. Very it. <laughs> with the times you, i bet you paused to think about that while i was getting the dogs You're i like, did not it came very naturally yes i had the thought while you were over there but like, I, I, really, I waited to say it till you came back right that's oh, good okay do you have any is there any like one like i want to say like actual fear actual my fear of balloons popping that's a really <laughs> big fear that's a current recent fear Someone tested me recently, and I was, ooh, not having it. Tested you? Yeah, at work. Well, when I was working at the restaurant, blew up a balloon real big, and you could see where, like, a layer of it had already torn, but the balloon hadn't popped yet. Right. Threw the balloon at me, and you know, like, hairs and crap can pop balloons. That's true. And so it was already stretched so thin. Oh, I was freaking out, and I didn't want to touch the balloon, and then it was just where I had to work. And Mia was there too, and she's also afraid of them. So the balloon's popping. So that was fun. And then, you know, my fear of thunder. I hate thunder so much. It scares me. Um, but I am slightly claustrophobic. That's a fear. I don't like to be in <laughs> confined places. One time, true. But I, I'm a really competitive person. So once when I was younger, we were playing hide and seek, like extreme. And I hid in between um like the bed and the wall but i really didn't want to be seen so like i layered blankets and stuffed animals on top of me nothing like too serious like too crazy man i thought i was gonna die i lost that game because i i could feel like my heart speeding up and it was getting hard to breathe and i was like i knew i wasn't trapped there but i was like what if i can't get out or what if nobody finds me and i want to win this game that bad but I also got stuck under a bed once doing the same thing. So that was pretty bad. I feel like the running the the running theme through both of ours, I guess the one that I shared, is that the the fears weren't rational. And uh, Gus, you and Orange Dog need to cool it. All three dogs are within a one foot radius of the mic. They're all they are all crowded around the mic. They want to be in the podcast too. We got a party of five individuals over here around this mic. Lucy's just chilling up here on the couch. Gus is sitting in your lap, and then Clark's in my lap. Orange dog. In case you don't know who Clark is, running fe- you uh, the running theme. What is it? Oh, yeah. So I feel like through all of these, the running kind of like theme is that like they were all irrational. And like as a kid, we knew they were irrational, but it didn't matter. I guess that's still true today. Yeah. I mean, the one that I had that was probably more of a rational fear was my fear of confrontation. But I'm pretty much over that. Like, I'll tell people what I need to tell them now. That's not entirely true. You'll tell people you don't know. I'm yes, I'm much more likely to tell people I don't know, but if I really have to, like I can talk to people that I know. I mean, I'm not like jumping to do it, but I mean, I just avoided 
everything when I was younger. I remember back in high school, there was one time you were talking about like some sort of riding on the front of the bus. And we, as we were getting onto a bus for like a field trip or something, and the bus driver corrected you on it or something. Oh. He just like joined in our conversation basically. And then we go and we sit down in the bus and you're like, that guy yelled at me. I did. <laughs> you did. You did. I don't like feeling like I'm in trouble. And so I felt like, I don't know, his tone or something, it just felt very accusatory. And I was like. Anytime. Well, because the writing on the front of the bus was backwards. And I was like, why the heck is the writing backwards? Like, that looks so stupid. And then he was like, you know, it's so people can see it in their rearview mirrors. And I was like, who looks in their rearview mirror for it? Like, that, it was just so stupid. <laughs> he was just telling you why. But the way he said no. it was like, are you dumb? No, it was not, are you dumb? In your head, you immediately filtered that. To be like, he thinks I'm dumb. He hates me. He's yelling at me. He's mad at me. I can't believe this. I'm devastated. I'm, I'm a people pleaser, okay? I like to make people happy. And that's probably where my fear of confrontation stemmed from. Is because I'm a people pleaser. That makes sense. But I'm getting over it. So it's okay. Gotta make me happy first. And then this is where all like the girls listening go, yeah, you got that right, girl. Go, girl. <laughs> hey, it is International Women's Day today. Yippee. Woo. Go women. It's yours. I mean, what, I mean, what else do I got? Do your kidnapping one. I, yeah, I mean, I was kind of a, a scared little kid. I mean, we had this like fall festival, right, at the, uh, at my neighborhood, right? And so everybody set up little booths and stuff. And you could buy things and play little games. You know, just kind of like a little fair thing. Yeah, fun stuff. Um, And I remember the police department set up one, right? And so it was so all the kids and everybody, I guess, who wanted to could get fingerprinted. And then they could, like, put your stuff into the system or whatever. I remember the police officer telling me, like, as I was doing it, he was like, and this way, if you ever get, like kidnapped i don't think he used the word kidnap probably probably like, he probably said something like if anything ever happens to you yeah or if you get lost or something then we'll be able to i don't even know how that would help to find you or something I how, how would then having my fingerprint it doesn't matter basically he said this will help us get you back and i remember like in sunday school or whatever people saying like everything happens for a reason or whatever it, right. And so I remember as I was doing the fingerprint, I was like, uh oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And after I did it, I was convinced that with, I didn't know what time it was going to happen, but sometime soon I was going to be kidnapped. <laughs> there was no way around it. It was just something that was going to have to happen because there was no other reason for me to get my fingerprint then. Because everything happens for a reason. Right. <laughs> so when you're telling kids that be cautious <laughs> i don't know that's the moral of this story not that aaron was a scared little kid be cautious how you tell kids things i don't know i mean i i was a very strong believer in authority you know what i mean so whenever an authority figure told me something i was like oh that must be true so if everything happens for a reason and i'm getting my fingerprinted then because so the they can find you yeah, so they can find me, then that means that I'm going to have to be stolen. So I remember thinking like, 
man, I really shouldn't have got my finger printed. Because if I, if I didn't, then I wouldn't have to be stolen. But now I have to be because everything happens for a reason. In case you didn't know, Aaron was never stolen. It nope. didn't happen. Yeah, nothing happened. Not yet, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know for sure. I don't know if that they still have my fingerprint as a child. And I seriously am starting to wonder how that would help me. You have new fingerprints on file anyway. That's true. I've done fingerprinting since then. But my thing is like, what is that? How is that? It's for if someone kills you and they can't identify, or if you're in a car accident and they can't identify you from your face, but your fingerprints are intact, they can do that. Then why would that police officer, I, can you can you imagine well, if that's he what he had told me? Yeah, he can't tell little kids that, but that's the real reason. Well, and here's the thing. I knew I was going to be returned safely. Like, I wasn't scared that, like, I was going to be kidnapped and never found again. I knew that because I did the fingerprinting, <laughs> I was going to eventually be returned home okay. The only thing I can think of as to why fingerprinting would help would be if something bad happened to you and your face was unidentifiable, oh, but gosh. your fingerprints were intact. Or they can do dental records. That also works. What, if, what about, you know, the stories where, like, they get stolen as kids and then they appear, like, 15 years later? J.C. Lee Dugard, man, 18 years she was stolen. Maybe fingerprints would help in that scenario, hoping to identify her. Although I guess she she's, knows... She's alive. She knows her own name. She she knew who she was still. Okay. So it's hard to really... Yeah, so it was most definitely for like if I... Got killed. Oh, that's great. Or maybe he thought I was going to grow up to be a criminal. And then, Maybe. You he know... wanted to get ahead of the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if he told me that the car wreck thing? No, you wouldn't have been like crippled with fear. Right. And, the, and I think part of the reason I didn't tell anybody is because I knew I would. You thought you would be okay. I would eventually be okay. But I was real bummed out that I had to be kidnapped now. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't scared. You were bummed out. <laughs> I, I, was, I guess scared is the word. But it was more of just a. I know it. I remember thinking in my head, like, I know it's dumb to be scared. Because I know I'll be returned. But I don't want to be kidnapped, and oh. that sounds really sucky. So if that could not happen, that'd be great. Well, you weren't kidnapped, so it all turned out uh, real good. Real good. So I think that just as a kid and now, I was just a very logical thinker. And now I know how to filter it a little better. It's interesting as a little kid, though. You don't really understand the conclusions that you're making. Like, you don't know how to deem what's a logical conclusion and what's an illogical conclusion so you just are left to your own devices a lot of times <laughs> you're a very mature little kid i don't think a lot of little kids have those thoughts mm -hmm. i know i didn't not that i can remember at least i was just a logical thinker i remember i mean as a little little kid being scared of the heck i mean probably not even a little little kid you know i would go to sleep listening to the radio yeah and you remember like in the middle of the night, they would do like the like the testing for uh, the alarms, like they would do tor tornado testing. I did not know that. I didn't live in Oklahoma. They don't do that stuff no, in North it, Carolina. It was still it was still <laughs> here. But like in the middle of the night, the radio station was would test their alarms or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. And they would say, this is a test. This is just testing of the emergency broadcast signal. And I would wake up and it would still be scary. Because it wasn't music that I thought it was going to be. 
it was some man talking to me about an emergency and like even though i knew it was a test i thought like but they're testing it for a reason (laughs) this all boils back down to someone told aaron when he was a kid that everything happens for a reason and it really messed him up it rocked my world and i didn't tell anybody just because i didn't think it was worth mentioning i guess i just thought everybody this is just what happens deal with it it's not just what happens i'm here to tell you i had a lot of things as a little kid that i just thought that's how it goes so i'm going to encourage our children to tell us these things and not be like their father but maybe they aren't going to be weird like me maybe they'll just be normal but they've got your dna they'll have your dna i should say that's true but that doesn't necessarily influence their thinking does it it can okay that's what I learned in my developmental psychology class, nature versus nurture. Well, we got a pro here then. Any psychology majors out there or psychologists? I don't know if there are actual adults listening to this. but we have. There are some adults. Okay, well, if there's a psychologist, an MD psychologist <laughs> oh, out there no. listening to this. No, definitely not. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Feel free to no. enlighten us on the whole nature versus nurture. Yeah, no, nobody like that's going to be DM our Instagram at Falling Pies. Hey, nice little plug there. There you go. We'll post up the pictures. I think we'll post, uh, we could probably post the video, my comedy video. Yeah. Um. So we'll post that on the Instagram and then the photo of us in, at the home studio. Our home studio. I think that's that's just about it. That will probably wrap us up for this week. Yeah. That's um, fun. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Um, so yesterday we went to we went on a day trip and yeah. as part of our, our yep, as part of our spring break and stuff and, and Allie went back home and, and she's actually on a cruise right now. Yeah. She's gonna get back to school a day late. But uh next week Allie and I are gonna be kind of recapping our spring breaks and uh you know, we are supposed to meet up. Um and it, Obviously, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Tori and I, we were supposed to go down there and see the, the country life and see the <laughs> farm know animals. You city folks. We don't know about that country life. So we're going to we're gonna have to catch up with Allie. It's probably been, it's been a while now since I've even talked to her, really. So it's exciting. So that's what <laughs> we're going to have for you next week. Um, we, we, we'll probably get into other stuff as well. But for sure, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be catching up on uh, how our breaks went and getting into that kind of stuff so uh i don't know what she normally says i don't that's what that's exactly what i was thinking i was like (laughs) i don't know how to finish this i don't know ali normally wraps him up and i can't think right now of what she says i think she does like a hey guys no that's a beginning that's the beginning um thanks well okay guys i think it's gonna wrap it up for us so next week we'll be talking about blah 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 you already did that yeah that's why he filled in blah blah blahs and um yeah, so uh, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. And then she says, and cut. No, we gotta say bye. Oh, bye. Bye. And cut.